Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 147. My name is Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. With me, the guy, Dave, you said this a couple of weeks ago, but... You said people don't always like you. I think a lot of people, more than you think, like you. DW, how you doing, man? Fine, but I try and be ornery. Making enemies is so much easier than making friends. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just go look at somebody cross-eyed. The Cubs are in the World Series. Tell them you're a Sox fan. I mean, you can make enemies <laughs> everywhere. Oh, if, you're, if you're somebody who likes making waves, you know, making waves is like easy. You, you can do that. You just figure out how to be on the opposite side and say something. Yeah. And then disappear. There is a commonality in that with people who like to make waves. They just kind of come around each other and they make waves together and then eventually it's a tsunami. And then you're like, boom, you just leave the room. Yeah, it's, and they leave. You're done. Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious in a way. <laughs> and if you know somebody's doing it, it makes even madder. And then they leave anyway and you're even madder. You Now you're really mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like these guys are idiots and they won exactly and they came in and they're out there laughing in the parking lot how crazy is it that the cubs are actually in the world series isn't that nuts you know what i told my wife i, I was a cub fan and she goes you are <laughs> I said, well <laughs> there's so many fair weather fans right now that are fair weather cub fans i can tell you that I, I haven't watched a game i grew up in chicago and you know i used to say i told her when i was a kid i, I would go get lemonade and pretzels on Saturday, and I would go sit and watch the Cub game and eat lemonade and pretzels. <laughs> first game, I was home. I wasn't home for the second one, but the first game of the World Series, she saw me go to the cabinet, grab some pretzels. I made some lemonade. I sat down on my chair. She goes, what are you doing? It's about reliving my childhood. I, I probably <laughs> haven't seen a full game since then. I guess I'm a diehard. You know what I mean? Lemonade and pretzels? Does that even go together? That's like sour and salty like how do you do that you got to eat it right you got to put the pretzel in and don't let it go down your throat then you got to swish it around with that lemonade and then let it go down your throat that was more information that i was expecting out of you i i I worked on that technique i worked on that for years much more involved than i expected on on the visual but hey you know i would i would suggest people at home try it yeah, before they before they make me their enemy over this thing, go ahead and try it because it might be something that you go, that has got a really good taste to it. Don't do it with chocolate covered. Yeah, speaking of enemies and people that don't like you and do like you today, it's, it is interesting and I think it's finally appropriate to talk about this because it's, it is that time of year. We have an election coming up in just a matter of days and, and we see so many things in the last probably six months we see so many different people who used to be friends. I, I think there's a lot of people today that are just divided, not only over politics, but even more silly things like pretzels and lemonade um, preferences. But so many people who used to be friends, who used to get along, who used to hang out and share, you know, maybe a soda or go to a movie together are now 
just can they consider them enemies because something they either did or they said or or something in there has fractured that relationship. And so tonight, I want to talk about this, Dave, with you because I think it's an important topic to discuss. How do we determine who our enemies are? What do we do about people who are that we would consider our enemies? I think of the different ways that I would consider somebody to be a an enemy of me. And you might think, well, okay, the obvious one is, well, ISIS. ISIS is like my enemy because they definitely want to kill me. Well, you know, we actually treat regular everyday people as if they're our enemy think about the gal you see driving down the highway put on her makeup in the car and all of a sudden she moves over in your lane it cuts you off and then you're thinking ah i'm gonna get you you cut me off in traffic just something crazy dumb like that that we decide you know they're now our enemy because they just did something really dumb you're not gonna tell me i have to like bear fans are you i'm not saying you shouldn't but i won't say you have to are you gonna tell me i have to or minnesota viking fans i you know what there's a line somewhere yeah, I would agree. We're going to have to discuss this. There's a line somewhere. We do have to discuss it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's an important discussion to have. I mean, talking about enemies, what we do about our enemies, how do we treat our enemies? Because it, it would seem that if somebody does something to you that inconveniences you, uh, all of a sudden, you know, we're out to get them. We want to we want to get them back, you know, have revenge. So what do we do with those who are our enemies? Stick around for this conversation. It's going to be a great one tonight. You can jump on the tweet back right now. Hang out with us on Twitter. Just use the hashtag HNRTB. It should be a lively conversation tonight. And this conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Hey, I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And every week we love hanging out with you guys, having conversations about life, about situations that maybe you're facing, things you struggle with. And so HopeNet Radio is here because of you. You know, Jeff, we come every week to help people by exposing our lives and what God's doing in our lives. And we have this conversation. And we honestly believe conversations save lives. And we try and do that on a regular basis to help others understand the love of God and how you work on relationships. For them, it, it could be just flipping on a, a radio or getting a podcast, that kind of thing. In reality, it costs a little bit of money to do this. So I'm going to ask, if this program's been meaningful to you, we could use your support. All this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we have what's called Q Drive. You can support this radio show. We hope that you would do that by calling 800 979 or going to q90fm.com slash pledge. Thank you so much for your support, and we'll see you this week for Q Drive. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff DW hanging out with you tonight. This is the show where conversations save lives. And tonight we're going to talk about what it means to have enemies. It's it's funny, Dave. We kind of joke about it. You know, you think people like ISIS and, and people that are out to kill us on a national level and stuff you see in the headlines happening, you think, well, those are my enemies. And obviously, I think you'd be correct in some ways. But you know what's more interesting to me, Dave, is how we treat people that are in our everyday life, whether or not we know them. I kind of use the the joking manner of the gal that was doing her makeup and, you know, kind of cuts you off in traffic this morning or the guy that was kind of a jerk to you and cuts you off or he he did something that irritated you on your way to work or in the office today. Maybe it's your boss or a coworker that just gets under your skin. So you try to find little ways to be passive aggressive and just kind of, you know, do things that, you know, irk them. Well, isn't that weird to you, Dave, how we treat people that are you know, maybe that we should probably get along with, but we just, for some reason, they just rub us the wrong way. Yeah. One of the things in a very simplistic world, when you think about it, one of the great dangers 
is if you live in a world where everybody's about themselves, then you make a lot of enemies because everybody is about themselves, so they're not about you. So you have a problem like right away. Everyone then is a potential enemy. And what we seem to be doing is running around trying to make alliances. You know, can you be about me? Can you be about me? If you're about me, I can be about you. And now we're about each other. And that's why people look at each other and say, you know what? Um, yeah, I know he's doing all these wrong things, but he's in my alliance, man. I can't rat him out. <laughs> it's one of those things where you, you go around life making alliances. I mean, I've seen this at every level. I've seen people that have donated uh, money or other resources to us, you know, a nonprofit and want certain privileges. And when I don't give them privileges, because you're not supposed to, they're writing things how bad I am. I mean, that kind of thing, because the alliance got broken. They were trying to make an alliance and get privilege and be a part of something, and it didn't work. So there's only two options. You're either my enemy or you're in the alliance that I've made. And, and everybody has their own rules for the alliance. I mean, some people, if, as long as you don't push your way on me, you can be in the alliance. Some are, you have to agree with me 100% to be in my own personal alliance. But, you know, it all comes down to an unhealthy thought process of believing that the world should revolve around me. And therefore, everyone who agrees with that statement is now my friend. Eww. That opens the door to all kinds of issues, actually. Yeah. And we need to be awfully careful about that because the Bible's everything opposite of that. And God teaches us everything opposite. You know, Jeff, you and I work together. And one of the reasons I think it works well is because both of us are working towards loving God, loving our families, and loving each other. We, we do not try and make each other the same. We're not on the alliance page thing. You know, my goal when I, when I pray for you and think of you and, is to get you successful. Not, not to make you think really nice thoughts about Dave. You want to make me successful. And, and you talk about Silver Birch and Nicolay Bible Institute and, and, and making them See, it's really not about an alliance for us. It's really about aligning so that you can help others be what they can be. Yeah. Now you don't have any enemies because everybody out there you can do that to. Everybody. That is so true. And one thing that I've learned in, in growing up, the immature thought process is I exist and my interactions with people are in such a way where they're going to like me. That's an immature thought process. And the thought process that we'll kind of unpack a little bit more today is, is how, we, how we do that, how we make certain people successful and how we actually serve them. The hard thing, you know, especially if we're someone that just doesn't, we don't maybe get along with people or things haven't been working out with certain friends because maybe we've been about that, Dave, or we've been trying to build alliances and these people aren't responding the way that I want them to. I want them to be a part of my alliance. I don't want to be part of their alliance, but I want them to be part of my alliance right. because what I have is really cool. I'm the coolest kind of a thing. And it's all about this popularity thing. And then when somebody, you know, does something that goes contrary to that, that alliance, how we just, we alienate them. We start gossiping about them and talking about them. See, it's, it's not that we're we're no longer focused on people like you know ISIS or people that really should be our enemies. We're we're treating people terribly. Yep. You know we just we don't know how to actually love people, and and that's one of the core things that we talk about on the show often. Dave is is truly loving people. See, yep. man, it's really easy, Dave, to make enemies. Yeah. At least I found like I'm trying to trying to get them to be part of my my alliance, and they really don't want to be part of my alliance. And yep. and then it's like, well, then they're just my enemy. If they're not for me. They're against me. They're making my life miserable. Yeah. I'm inconvenienced. And that's really not, not true. There's many neutral people. Here's a basic mistake we all make. We have this turf that we protect. <laughs> yes, we do. And if somebody steps on it, it's like, get off that corner of my turf. <laughs> that's my turf. Yes. 
what happens is we think for some reason that we have to, you know, I've been there. I, I know road rage. I grew up in Chicago and I know what it is. When somebody cuts me off, I mean, sometimes I think when we were younger, I'm not sure, my wife might have looked at me like, you are an idiot. Because some guy cuts me off, I drop it a gear and get in front of him and jam on the brakes. It's like, <laughs> what did you do that for, pal? Yeah. Why do I do that? Because you stepped on the corner of my turf. This is my turf. And, and you know what? When you realize that, you can laugh at yourself and say, what an idiot I am. You know what I mean? Honestly? So, so somebody else is doing something and I'm going to let them control me now and what I do and how I think and where I go because they stepped on the corner of my turf. You know, I've seen the opposite too. When people go and uh, they give away their turf, they just give it away. Mm-hmm. People come in there and they're very generous and very kind. And you know what? Those people end up with so many friends, it's unbelievable. And what happened is eventually they're standing on this little piece of turf, this really little piece. And people start realizing they got no turf left and they start laying down turf for them so that they can have turf because they gave it all away and they they don't have anywhere to go anymore. (laughs) And really, they don't have any enemies either. Yeah, They would give things away and they would be thinking about others and they weren't protecting themselves. It's really hard to hate somebody who is actually trying to make your life better. And, And if you do that, at some point down the road, you will be made aware that this is really a stupid idea. It's it's amazing how we think about that. It does take us to take a step back to actually recognize where we're definitely we're out of alignment with what reality truly is. And I even have to ask the question sometimes, you know, am I responding to somebody because of how they treat me or am I responding to them based out of my care and my compassion? And the right spirit, the spirit of God that lives inside of me. That's a, that's a difficult thing sometimes because I want to, I want to lash out at somebody if they're, if they offend me or they do something that, that stings or it, or it kind of goes against my ego. You know, say I love doing something. I like a good example of this is I, I like to use my creative skills. So whether it's doing a podcast like this or something else and somebody comes in and says, Hey, I could do that. And they just do it for you. And it's like, <laughs> now you've just taken something that I love to do. And like, you think you could just do it better? Like, who are you? You know, you step on my turf, Dave. That's something that like, for some reason, maybe it's just us guys, but I don't know. Do you girls feel that way? Jump on the tweet back tonight. Let us know. Do you guys get offended by this sort of thing? Do you make enemies out of situations like this? We'd love to hear it on the tweet back tonight. Use that hashtag HNRTB. Also, our live coaches are standing by right now at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show, Jeff. DW hanging out with you tonight. Our live coaches are available at HopeNet360.com. If you're going through something this week and life has you down, something's going on in your life that you just... You're frustrated about, you're anxious about, you're feeling sad or just disconnected from life and and where you'd like to be in your life, go and chat with one of our live coaches at HopeNet360.com. They'd love to help you sort out this life stuff going on in your life and and maybe share an experience that they've had in their own life. So check it out, HopeNet360.com slash help. Jeff DW hanging out with you tonight here on HopeNet Radio. And Dave, it's been a great conversation so far talking about enemies you know, it's funny how different people in our life that we meet and interact with, we, we kind of know who our friends are. 
And then sometimes we come up with people who, you know, we just, we don't like, we consider them an enemy for some reason or another, you know, using the example of people that either cut you off in traffic or they take too long at the checkout counter, counting up all their coupons in front of you when you're just trying to get through your lunch break and you're like, oh "Oh, man, doesn't that just annoy the snot out of you, Dave? Oh yeah, not good. It, It all goes back to you're irritating me and the world should revolve around me. The universe should revolve around me. You're not revolving around me fast enough. So <laughs> why don't you just drop that? Because I would feel better if you weren't in this world. See what I just did? I mean, I turned somebody with coupons wishing their demise. I know. Because they didn't revolve around me. How can you hate couponers? That's how sick we get. I don't understand this. You know, it goes back to what I said, though. I mean, honestly, let, let's just... In order to understand what enemies are, first of all, you got to look at the all-time arch enemy of all things is Satan. So that's what you got to look at and say, okay, if I'm going to understand what an enemy is, let's look at Satan and how he operates. What is Satan about? Being about himself. That's what he's about. He doesn't want to be about God. He doesn't want to fit into a system. He wants the system to be about himself. He wants everything to be the way he wants it. He wants all ultimate power and authority. All right. Anyone like that is going to be your enemy, I I promise, because that's the characteristics of an enemy uh, as portrayed by Satan, who is the chief enemy of all mankind and God and everybody else. So I, I guess that's one of the things you have to look at. And that's why when God says, you know, you need to love your enemies, what he means by that is what you need to do is look at an enemy and think, oh, my goodness, you are headed for such great disaster. I mean, when you think of the ultimate disaster, an eternity separated from God in a place called hell, you know, when you think of the ultimate disaster, you go, oh, if I could do anything to alter that for anybody, that would be a good thing. So, so what you begin to do, instead of thinking about, yeah, this person, the world doesn't revolve around me, so he must be a bum or she must be a bum, you begin to think, what do I need to do to bring this person to understand that the universe actually revolves around God? You know, I mean, how do I do that? And I I think the early church did that well, the the apostles, they took it on the chin. Guys like Stephen even, I know he wasn't an apostle, but he took it on the chin. And see, they they lost their power and their authority, and they began to say, this guy actually answers to somebody else other than, you know, us. And really, Stephen's used to this day as an example of something that's positive because he cared about people enough to love God and love them. And, you know, the other thing I think about, Jeff, is the body principle that God teaches us. In the Bible, he says, when you become a, a member of, of God's family, you become a member of the body. And the body's diverse. And, it's, and it talks about that. You know, you don't hate, like, one body part doesn't hate another. It's like, you know, my ankle doesn't say to my knee, you're, you're a bum. You know, I mean, you don't do things the way I would do things, and you're a bum. Hmm. You, you should do things the way I do things. No, the knee doesn't do that. The ankle doesn't do that. The elbow doesn't do that. In fact, what they do is they rejoice in each other and the diversity that they have. Now, what's interesting is a lot of words have been robbed from us and ruined. Diversity is a good word. But diversity is a good word when it's, when it's put in the context of unity. So you have diversity, elbows, knees, knuckles, okay, whatever, and they're all unified listening to the brain. Yeah. When you do that, this is a good thing. And you're not yelling at each other because they're different. In fact, you celebrate differences in each other. Jeff, you're a young guy, and you are different than I am. You wear your hair different than I am. You dress different than I am. That's great. You should. So you're different than I am. And, and that's a good thing, not a bad thing. And never in our life, have, in our relationship, have you ever made me feel like, well, you're 60, and, and you, you know, you're a part of the body that, well, you know, we just don't need you as much, and we don't like you, actually. Because... 
we like all the body parts to be elbows right now. Yeah. Can you imagine a body being all elbows? That would be the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> and, and yet, that's what we want sometimes. So I think in order to understand enemy, friend, we have to understand what God says, put it in context. The first enemy is Satan. And then the idea of the body and the diversity is a good thing. Not, not making everybody like us. All of us understanding the responsibility for us in the body is to listen to the brain. That's the ultimate responsibility. Everything else then will be just fine. I don't know if I'm fuzzing it up or, or making it clear, but, but that's kind of trying to help define things. Yeah, well, one of the things that I was thinking of was what is our criteria for enemies? You know, we have the, this thought of, well, if I had to take a step back and think about who my enemies are, it would probably be like those that you see in the news, people like, you know, the these tribes in, in Africa or wherever, like Boko Haram, that just take a bunch of girls and they hold them in captivity. And, and so these are kind of what I would consider enemies, people that are, you know, armed and, and dangerous and running around my city and, and taking people hostage or just carrying out evil acts. Like those those kinds of people that make the headlines, right? But the reality is, is I actually have, in my own mind, subconsciously, I think, I have this criteria for who my enemies would be people that would scheme against me, you know, and it's, it's, it goes deeper than just cutting off somebody. It's you maybe feel like that's an act of disrespect. So people that disrespect you would probably be considered those who are your enemy. Uh, People that talk behind your back, you probably think, well, if they're saying things about me, the scheming, trying to manipulate a situation, talking about how my back is one of those things that could quickly make a person an enemy. But we use, you know, some of these other trivial things. We use stuff like inconveniencing moments where you're waiting in line for something. You know, if you go to a theme park during the summer and, and oh man, I got to wait for a ride. And then, you know, the person ahead of you is just taking forever. And, and they're just, you know, saying things that are just, you know, wow, I don't even want my kids to repeat that stuff. Like you just think of all the different things, the different situations in life and how easy it is as people to create enemies. And we call this maybe making mountains out of molehills, more or less, just situations that aren't really that important. Yeah, you keep describing the same thing. The world doesn't revolve around me. I, I'm mad at everyone who doesn't fit that. And, and that, it always starts there, both in marriage and in relationships. Because believe it or not, and we can talk about this more, your relatives can be your worst enemies at times because they're the ones that aren't revolving around you and in, in, in the way you want it to. And, and it becomes something that's just so terrible to live with. And we can cure this thing. And God tells us, love is actually a choice. It's not a feeling. We can cure this. Let's keep talking about it. All right, we're going to do that. We're going to take a break here on the show. We'll be back in the second half for more of this conversation. Join us tonight on the Tweetback. Use the hashtag HNRTB if you're hanging out with us on Twitter. Also, we do have show notes for this episode on our website, HopeNet360.com. Check them out there. And this conversation will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Every teen needs positive interactions every day. It's why many teens visit the online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. Through Groundwire, adults like you volunteer two to four hours per week, sharing wisdom and encouragement with young people searching for that one positive voice in a world blaring with negatives. You can be that positive voice. We're adding 20 new coaches to our online coaching team. Learn more at HopeNet360.com slash coach. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio. And when I'm not doing radio, one of my favorite things to do is teach at the Nicolay Bible Institute. I invite you to check out this one-year Bible and service program at nicolaybibleinstitute.org. It's HopeNet Radio. 
You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad you've joined us this week for the conversation. Jeff, DW, hanging out with you tonight, and you can join the tweet back tonight. Use that hashtag HNRTB. You can also shoot us an email anytime, day or night during the week on the show live. We'll get it. We'll respond to it. You can share your thoughts at hope at hopenet360.com. That is our email address. It's hope, H-O-P-E, at hopenet360.com. Dave, it's just been a great conversation talking about enemies and how easy it is today to make enemies out of people that maybe at one time, and usually it happens this way, usually at one time they were your friends, people that you shared life with, maybe you had relationship with, and it was either something, one thing, an isolated incident, or it was a pattern of things that have happened throughout some years, maybe weeks that just kind of, you know, they made that person out to be an enemy. They're no longer a good friend of yours. They're no longer someone that you would consider to be a a trustworthy person for one reason or another. Um, Maybe it could just be out of inconvenience. I mean, there are, there are different ways that we would label somebody an enemy today. And Dave, I've, I've loved listening to your thoughts because I'm sure over the years you've met so many different people. Some people, as you've said, they like you, they respect you. They have an affinity for you. They support you and, and have no question of your character. Other people are out there, maybe slamming your name, maybe slandering your reputation, maybe saying things about some of your staff and people that you would probably consider more of an enemy side to your life. And how do you respond to people that would be considered maybe an enemy of Dave? First of all, maybe they have good uh, reason to dislike me or be my enemy, I guess, because I might have been a jerk and I need to understand that. There's usually a a grain of truth in what somebody says. Uh, It may not be like a whole bucket load of truth, but there's probably a grain there. And, and I found through life that if I could look for that little grain of truth and straighten that out, the Bible tells us that we shouldn't really be doing things that would intentionally make people dislike us. I mean, we don't want to do that. But there will be people that dislike us. I mean, Jesus hung on a cross and all the apostles got martyred. It doesn't say that people will love you. It says that you need to love them. So I don't have responsibility, really, Jeff, to make you love me. I don't have that responsibility. I have a responsibility to love you, regardless of how you treat me. And that means that my continual desire should be that I want to do what's right and best for you and and even allow God to use me so that you could see things clearly. Stephen, in the Bible I mentioned before, he was one of those. He's doing exactly what God tells him. And this guy, Saul authorizes his death, as far as we can tell. Saul watched this guy die. Eventually, Saul got struck down on the road to Damascus and became the apostle Paul. I have a feeling Stephen had something to do with that. Hmm. The way that he loved and the way that he died, I think it had something to do with that. I can't verify that. The Bible doesn't say that Stephen had everything to do with Paul coming to Christ. But, But I think it was a piece of the puzzle that went in there, and I think Stephen understood his role you know, my role is really to love people. And, and God tells me I can love my enemies. It's not like I have to fall in love with them. It's not going to be accidental. Because he commands it, it means that it's something I choose to do. So that doesn't have to do with the feeling. I don't get the warm fuzzies, you know, thinking about Vladimir Putin. I don't get the warm fuzzies about that. But I need to love the man. You know, I mean, I need to pray for him. He, he directs a whole nation. Likewise, with the presidential candidates, you know, whoever wins the election, 
I have a responsibility to love them. I have a responsibility to pray for them. You and I have talked privately. I can get pretty strong on what I believe. And I have to be careful because my job is to love them. And I have a tendency to want the whole world of knowledge and understanding to revolve around me. Let me ask you this, Jeff. Have you ever sat in on a, um, a national security meeting at the White House level? Never in my life. So you probably shouldn't criticize what they're doing because you don't really know what they're doing. What? But the headlines tell me all the time. I, I know everything exactly. that happens in these meetings, Dave. I mean, you see it every day on Facebook. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, one day I remember I was criticizing the president for something. It was something, and it was presidents ago, not, not now. And, and I realized I sat down, I was praying, and I was mad. And You can't pray when you're mad like that, but I was trying to pray. And I realized I have never been in the president's office talking to him about this. I've never been in on a meeting where he discussed this, but I am so willing to throw dirt all over him on it. I don't even understand all of the ramifications of, of the decision, but I'm willing to tell him how he should have done it differently. Yeah. Being somebody who's been in charge of a ministry for many years, I have had to make decisions. I've had to fire people. I've had to make other decisions where I've had to be quiet when I'm finished. It's the right thing to do to be quiet. And I've had people come and yell at me and tell me, you know, you're a bad person, all that kind of stuff. And, and I've had to remain quiet because the truth of the matter is, if I'm going to love people, I'm not going to talk about things that have been dealt with. They weren't sitting in the meeting when I was. They weren't there when I made the decision. They weren't taking all the factors. And so that has helped me tremendously on the other side. So let's say, Jeff, that, that you make a decision. Maybe you guys at Q90 make a decision, and I'm not there. Not a great decision because I'm on the board there, but say I'm not, and you make, make a decision. I have to realize, you know, I, I shouldn't just say, oh, Bozo's over at Q90. They do this kind of stuff, and they do that. See, all I'm doing again is saying, in my perspective, in my understanding, since the world does revolve around me and everything I think and everything I want, these guys are idiots. You know I mean? Because they're not doing that, and I don't understand it. Well, no, get in line. There's a whole pool of things I don't understand, and, and that can be one of them. But when that turns to hatred, you know, hatred is something where you toss it at somebody else, and in the process, you injure yourself. <laughs> that is very true. And the more you try and beat somebody with this hatred, the bloodier you become. Yeah. And I would suggest that don't waste your time. And, and that's a good word because that it's so easy, especially if you really do have that. And we're just being real. We're being honest. Christians, you know, you think, well, as a Christian, you're not supposed to hate people. You're not supposed to make enemies of anybody or have any enemies. Well, the reality is, guess what? We're all human. We all have people that we consider an enemy. We all have people that we would rather not be in the same room as. And and sometimes... Bear fans. And, and Jesus really uh, he called this out. If you hate someone in your heart, you have committed murder. You know, it's it's taking that next step. If you, if you hate somebody, you're going to scheme against them. You're going to plot against them. You're going to say things about them behind their back. Hatred is a very powerful emotion. It's a very powerful thing. And if you're not careful, if it's not bridled, and if it's not controlled and, and subdued, man, it's going to ruin your life. You can do a lot of damage both to yourself and to somebody else based on just a very simplistic you know, mistake that they made or something that they said or some ridiculous thing like getting cut off in traffic. It's really amazing how easy it is to make an enemy out of something that really should not have been. You talk about one thing, Dave, of just hearing one thing. You know, maybe it's from a soundbite. You hear a soundbite and you're like, oh my goodness, how in the world could they say that? How could they do that? How could they make that decision? Well, 
you weren't there. You didn't quite understand. You didn't really seek out understanding. You just made it a, a decision or an opinion form that out of just something little that was said or that you heard. And it may or may not be true. It's amazing how easy this is and how we do this all the time. Join us tonight in this conversation on Twitter. Use that hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Sitting down with my good friend, Mike LeMay, here on HopeNet Radio. Mike, it's good to have you. Oh, Jeff, blessing to be here. Thank you for all you're doing. Yeah, so we've worked together for quite a few years, but what I'm really excited about tonight and to tell our listeners about is your new book. You've got a new book coming out here. Oh, Jeff, thank you. I've been working on it for nearly three years. It's called The Death of Christian Thought, The Deception of Humanism, and How to Protect Yourself. And I think it's an important book, uh, one that uh, really will help Christians and even non-Christians understand the great deception that's being perpetrated on us and how we can tell the difference between that subtle deception and what the Bible calls truth. So why is this really important today? Well, you know, think about it, Jeff. What was the original temptation that Satan perpetrated on Eve? Humanism. Hmm. Your eyes will be open and you will be like God. You know, Satan is a one-trick pony, and for 6,000 years he's been using the same temptation on us because it works. He appeals to our flesh. We find things in our lives that we, while we say we love God more than anything, we find things in our lives we often love more than God. So my book really points out this subtle deception of humanism and how to use the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to renew your mind and have it transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. It does sound interesting. Can you give one example of ways that maybe we use maybe human thought to try to resolve a situation, how it just doesn't it doesn't really work out that way? Jeff, one of the things that I talk about in the book is how our conscious and unconscious brain were designed by God to work. And I want to give an example. When we're young, we are taught things by people in authority, maybe a parent, a pastor, a neighbor, or a friend, that we just accept as truth without even thinking through it. And this gets put into our unconscious brain and comes out in what I call life commandments. So maybe you were taught something at a young age, like I was at age 12, that women are really just objects for a man's pleasure. All of a sudden, that becomes ingrained in your unconscious brain, and you start finding yourself acting out on these things that aren't even true, that are directly contradicted by the Bible. So we use human understanding. I have a definition for woman. But then as you read the Word of God and realize his definition of woman is totally different. So my book really talks about how we can rewire our unconscious brain and our conscience to, as Paul says, have the mind of Christ as believers, rather than relying on our human knowledge, which is probably faulty from years of bad teaching. So what's your hope for people that read this new book that you have coming out? Well, for someone who's not a believer, I hope they they come to understand this, that in our own human strength, Jeff, we can only do so much to help ourselves. You know, we can go to psychologists, we can go to counselors, but without the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, we never find a permanent fix to the problems we have. But when we confess and repent of our sin and submit our lives to Jesus Christ, the Bible says we receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, when we understand the Word and can correctly Uh, interpret the Word of God based on His principles, truth just starts to jump out at you. Uh, One of the things we do is work with married couples a lot. 
who really love each other, and they've been married for maybe 25 to 30 years, and they're just stuck in a place of mediocrity. So we help them to understand through some basic definitions of happiness, what the Bible says about marriage, really get them to focus on Christ as the center of their marriage, and start to forget all of these old life commandments they were taught at a young age. So for the unbeliever, my hope is they come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. For the believer, I want them to understand something very important. God cares about your happiness. The word in the Beatitudes for blessed is the Greek word makarios, which means happy. God does, he is concerned with our happiness as his children. We just need to define happiness the way he does and not the way we do. And that's just one of the examples of, I think, faulty teaching we've received, because how many times have we heard, God doesn't care about your happiness? Hmm. Someone yesterday told me, he doesn't care about your happiness, he cares about your holiness. And here's a perfect example of something I call causality in the book. Absolutely, God cares about us being transformed in the image of Jesus Christ, holiness. When we allow the Word and Spirit to do that, the effect is we're happy. So where can people pick up a copy of your new book? Well, it's available at Amazon.com in both Kindle and printed, and very soon it's going to be out in audiobook. Uh, you can also go to my website, michaeldlemay.com, and order it there, or we have it right here at Q90FM. All right. It's the death of Christian thought. Thank you, Mike, so much for coming in and sharing about your book. It's been a blessing, Jeff. Thank you. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show, Jeff. DW wrapping things up with you this week on HopeNet Radio. But don't worry, you can always go back and subscribe to the podcast. We'll talk about that as we wrap up here tonight. Dave, it's been a great conversation about making... I would say how easy it is to make enemies, but really how we begin to look at the relationships in our life. Do we really, do we really have as many enemies as we think? Do we not have more friends or people that care about us in our life? And as we wrap up the show, Dave, I'd love to hear some of your final thoughts. Just overall, there's a passage in, in Proverbs that I like to come back to. It talks about how loving our enemies is like putting burning coals on your enemy's head. You know, one of the important things in life to do is to realize, first of all, that what we've talked about the whole program is there's tremendous problems and we don't live in the context of life the way God meant it to be. And and the world shouldn't revolve around Dave Wager. And I shouldn't be mad at people who reflect the fact that the world doesn't revolve around Dave Wager. I mean, that's that's very important to understand. And if I just straighten out that thinking, I'm going to be healthier all around. Um, I would encourage our listeners, you know, if you're struggling with hating people, First of all, you, you need to understand that it really does stem from the fact that you're focused on yourself all the time, and you're not meant to do that. Hmm. And, and if that's confusing to you, go to HopeNet360.com. There, there's live coaches there that would love to talk to you about your life and what you're thinking, and we invite you to do that. Most of the problems in life that I have with other people are because I've started the problem. And when I stop it, it, it they go away. That's not always the case. The other rule I really have in my own life is try not to actually give somebody a legitimate reason to hate you because they're going to anyway. I mean, if if you don't revolve around their life, they're probably going to hate you in some way, shape, or form. Don't give them a legitimate reason. Punching somebody out because they're using coupons and they're too slow in front of you, and that gives them a reason. And I mean, you shouldn't have punched them out. Those kinds of things, you want to make sure that you don't allow it to happen in your life. And all of a sudden, life becomes different for you. And when you go to the Bible, I, I also encourage you to use a real contextual understanding of the Bible. Because when God talks about loving your enemies, 
our 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 nature is to think in terms of how we hear the term here. So we want to feel good about our enemies. That's not what he's saying. He's saying love your enemies. Give to them. Make sure that you look at them and, and think, what can I do to make their life what it could be? And if their life is a mess, do what you can to help them straighten it out. And it may be that you just give them an example. It may be that in, in my life, the best way that I can help somebody is by having a great marriage and show them that it can be done. And that may be the greatest way I can love other people because they're walking around saying it can't be done and this and that. And it's like, no, you know what? Here's what I can do. I can be the body part that I'm supposed to be. I can love people. I can not give them a legitimate reason to hate me. And I can realize that the world doesn't revolve around me. And the whole idea of keeping coals on people's heads. You know, when I was a kid, Jeff, I thought that meant, oh, good. If you're nice to somebody, let's like, let's burn their face off, man. Let's really hurt them. <laughs> When you read that passage, isn't that what you get out of it? You know, to be honest, I thought it was a way where, you know, you do good to them and then God will get revenge against them and it'll like, yeah, burn their face off. That's right, man. We'll burn them from the top down. So I always thought like Mike LeMay was in trouble because it looked like his hair got burned off. So I, you know, I'm not, <laughs> oh, no. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's okay. Mike and I are good buddies. <laughs> we do joke about that on the air, but the, the truth of the matter is it has nothing to do with wanting to hurt somebody. It's the opposite. I actually heat my house with wood. You know what I find? It's extremely important to keep that fire going. I, I, I heat water and it goes around my house and it, and when that fire gets out, man, the house gets cold and you got to, Go take care of things. Now, in our modern day, it's no big deal. I, I got all these real modern ways to get down there and stoke it back up, so that's fine. But the truth of the matter is, back then they didn't. They didn't carry matches, and they didn't. So what they did is they tried to keep fires going so that there were coals all the time. And then coals would start to fire. I love it when I go home, by the way, and there's coals in, the, in my furnace. I love it. Because then I just throw wood in there, stoke the air up, and bam, it's on. Yeah. It's absolutely marvelous. <laughs> when you got to start all over again, it's a lot harder. And here's the interesting thing. No matter what, why this person's fire went out, this enemy of yours, his fire went out. And you have a chance to stick it to him. <laughs> you even have a chance to say, I told you so, man. You should have been over there taking care of your fire. Instead, you're being an idiot. I mean, you, you would have a chance. Instead, it says he's coming over to you with a pan on his head, asking for help. Instead of giving him a single coal in case it doesn't make it back, pile it on, get his fire going, be nice to the guy. That's what love is right there. Hmm. It's not trying to hurt somebody. It's doing the opposite. It's trying to help them be the best they can be. And by the way, even if an enemy needs a fire, that's not an evil thing to help them with. What's really interesting to me is I think of the times where I've become successful at something. And it wasn't because I had people around me that agreed with me and said, oh, good job. I mean, you, you just dribbled that ball down the field. And the one, the people that made me successful, whether it was at soccer or the sports that I did, or even in spelling bees back when they did spelling bees was that somebody pointed out when I was doing something that wasn't right. Oftentimes we get offended by people who tell us we're doing something that's not totally right. Now there's definitely an attitude behind there that has to be figured out. Is there a motive there that's a little bit secretive or manipulative? But in the reality is we need people that will, in some ways, they will contrast what we're doing. And they're going to come into, whether it's a conversation or into a situation, and they might stir up some emotions in me. But at the end of the day, if I know that person cares for me enough that they're willing to point out ways that I'm doing something that's ineffective or not productive... They're helping me to be a better person. They're helping me to be a better, maybe it's an employee or a better student or a better coworker. If there's someone in my life that may make me uncomfortable for a short time, but I know 
that they're coming behind me and they're they're saying, I man, I support you. I want you to to win at this. I want to see you. See, that's a person. They're not your enemy. They're your friend. And we have to really understand who truly is our enemy. See, there really is an enemy out there that's prowling around just like a lion. His name is Satan. He wants to come after you and he wants to hurt you and he wants to destroy you and he wants to get you to destroy yourself. That's his hidden motive there. But if you're following after God, God's going to bring people in your life that, yeah, they, they may challenge you. They, they may stretch you a little bit. But at the end of the day, those kinds of people want to make other people successful. And I would encourage you, if that's you tonight, you got to figure out which person you are. Do you want to challenge somebody and make their life miserable for the sake of making it miserable and then put yourself, like Dave said, into a position where you make yourself out to be the enemy? I would challenge that. But if you are a person who truly loves people and you want to help them be better, yes, you're going to point out some things. You're going to help make them better, but you're always going to find a way to encourage them to say, you know what? Jeff, whatever your name is, if you're listening, Susie, uh, I don't know, Bill, you're going to be somebody who I want to help be successful. So we're going to go through this. We're going to struggle through it. I'm not going to leave you. That's the way that God operates. And so I want to encourage you, be that kind of a person. Look out for those people this week. Don't give them a reason for them to make you an enemy if it can, if it's at all avoidable. But look for ways to help someone grow. Come alongside someone maybe younger than you or it could be older than you. You never know. But come alongside them and say, you know, what What does it take to make you successful? How can I help you? And we'll work through this together. That's the kind of people that I want in my life. I hope that's the kind of person that you are. That's all for us here on the show this week. You can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast for free at HopeNet360.com. We do have show notes for tonight's episode. Also there on our website, check out HopeNet360.com. And our live Twitter chat, the tweetback, is going on 24-7 at Twitter.com. You can use the hashtag HNRTV. For all of us here on HopeNet Radio, thank you so much. Make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.